Lord tonight. We're going to study the scriptures. Welcome to Bible study and welcome to family night Bible study, which means we're all in here together and uh, we're just going to look into the word of the Lord. I, I want to begin reading from the book of James and I'm going to be speaking to you uh, tonight on the subject of submission. Everybody say submission. Submission. Now the scripture we're going to begin with is the book of James and we're going to read from the fourth uh, chapter of the book of James. And I want to read a, a very important verse of Scripture that really shows you the power of submission. James chapter 4 and verse number 7. Actually, we're going to begin reading at the sixth verse. But he, meaning God, God giveth more grace... Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So I want to just point out that verse of scripture because when we quote that verse, we say, verse 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But if you're going to quote that verse and recognize the word therefore, you need to go back and understand what the therefore is addressing. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This is the therefore, the reference of the word therefore. God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. That's why, that is why we submit ourselves to God and we resist the devil. And when we do, the enemy will flee from us. Now I want you to know that when the Bible talks about fleeing, that doesn't just mean he walks away casually, but it means he runs in fear from us. When we submit ourselves unto God, and resist the devil, the devil will flee from us. You, if you want the devil to flee from you, you don't just resist the devil. Resisting the devil alone will not cause the devil to flee from you. It is twofold what is necessary to cause the devil to flee from you and to flee from your life and to flee from the circumstances you're facing. And the twofold nature of that causing the enemy to flee from you is to submit yourselves unto God. Why? Because God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And then you resist the devil in that position and the devil will flee from you. He will run in fear from you. The devil is afraid of a submitted soul. A soul that is submitted unto the Lord. The devil is afraid of that individual. And so this is so important for us to understand that we are to be submitted. Now this word submission, I know that it's not a popular word, especially in 2019. I see Brother Jesse Artis back there. God bless you, Brother Jesse. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. We give God the glory. Amen. I'm so glad to see you in the house of the Lord. He's come through a trial of fire 
And trial by fire, trial of faith, but God has kept him, and we give God the praise for that. Amen and amen. Amen. This word submission is not a popular word. It's not a word people like to, uh, to really tune into and abide by and to, to uh, make a part of their life. Uh, but the reason is because they focus on the wrong part of the word. The root of the word submission is the word mission. But many people focus their minds on the, the part of the word that, that says sub, which means under or beneath. And so people think of submission as being a position beneath them or beneath somebody, underneath someone else. And it just is so hard for the human mind, for the flesh of man to really wrap his or her mind around the idea of being underneath someone else. And so they get caught up in sub. I don't want to be sub. I don't want to be submerged under someone else's authority. I don't want to be subjected to somebody else's uh, way of doing things. I don't want to be under or beneath. I I want to be my own individual. I want to be above. I want to be on top. We talk so much about being the head and not the tail that we end up looking at certain facets of the work of God and the kingdom of God as being beneath us. We cannot look at it that way. We must understand that the root of the word submission is not sub. The root of the word is mission. It's a mission. We've got to keep in our mind what the mission is. What is the mission? The, the, the mission is the commission. It's the great commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is the mission. And the reason it's a commission is because we're not doing it on our own. God is with us doing it with us he goes before us he overshadows us he undergirds us he goes beside us he indwells us and we are doing the work of the lord together with the lord it is his mission his mission is to seek and to save that which was lost his mission is to find every lost coin and restore it back to its original place. His mission is to find every lost lamb and restore them back to the fold. His mission is to bind up the brokenhearted, to set at liberty them that are bruised. His mission is to open the eyes of the blind, to unstop the ears of the deaf, to raise the dead, to cause the lame to walk again. His mission is to reach the lost with the glorious salvation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is the mission. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, there's only one head of this body. There are not multiple heads to this body. There's only one head to this body. And the head of this body is Jesus Christ. Christ is the head of the church. You hear me? Christ is the head of the church. You've heard me say it, and I, and I mean it in, from the depth of my being. I mean it. When people ask you, whose church do you go to? You tell them, I'm in the Lord's church. 
It happens to be the congregation where Brother Urshan's the pastor, but this is Christ's church. This is the body of Christ. Hallelujah. He's the head. He's the head. He's the head. He is the chief cornerstone. So we are submitted to him. We are in submission to him. It is his mission. It is his work. It's not my work. I don't get to determine the goals of this church. The goal is outlined for us in the scriptures. The goal is to reach the lost. The goal is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are a gospel-preaching entity. We are a soul-saving station. That is who we are, and that is what we do. And, and so that's the mission. And you get to decide whether or not you're going to come up under that mission. And if you come up under that mission, that is submission. So in the process of of doing the work of the Lord and working for God and, and, and reaching the lost, there are a number of things that play into that. And, and, and they are as follows. We, we are not just a, a gospel preaching entity, but we're a gospel living entity. We don't, just, we, we don't just preach it, we practice what we preach. Hallelujah. So, so what is said in the pulpit has to be lived out in the workplace, has to be lived out in the home, has to be lived out in the school. And it, it, it's not just something that we say so that people will commend us or applaud us. We, we live what we preach and what we teach. And so, so in every part of our life, there is submission. Why do you live the way that you live? Because I am under the mission. I'm under the banner of his mission. I, I live my life and I choose my words and I make my decisions all under the banner of his mission. When I go to a restaurant, I am an ambassador for Christ. When I'm, when I'm checking out at the cash register, I am an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm not my own. I'm not my own. I, I don't know where this mentality of, of I'm my own man. No, you're not your own man. And that's contrary to the scriptures. The scriptures clearly say you are not your own. That's worldly thinking. That I'm my own. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. If God can't tell you what to do, you are in trouble. In fact, let me, let me say it stronger than that. If God can't tell you what to do, you're lost. God told you to forgive. You've got to forgive. God told you to be holy. You've got to be holy. God told you to pray. You've got to pray. God told you to love your neighbor as yourself. You've got to love your neighbor as yourself. God told you to repent. You've got to repent. God told you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. God told you to be born of the water and of the Spirit. You've got to be born of the water and of the Spirit. What is that? It's submission. 
I am underneath the mission of Jesus Christ. His mission covers me. His mission cloaks me. It covers the way I talk. It covers the way I act. It covers the way I treat people. It covers the way I dress. It covers the way I interact with people in a place of business. I am not my own. I am purchased. I am purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am under his mission. And so the Bible teaches us what that looks like. The Bible doesn't just tell you to submit yourselves unto the Lord. I know that's all what we all want to do. Well, I'm submitted to God. But that's not what the Bible, that's not the only, that's not the only type of application the scriptures use to describe submission. There are other areas of submission that are important. And let me just tell you something. Uh, you and I can operate in an area of submission when there is a submission that is across the board being practiced by people in their lives. Uh, people find it easier to be submitted uh, to one another when all of us are submitted to God. When you are submitted to God, you're a lot easier to respect. When you're submitted to God, you're a lot easier to love. When you're submitted to God, you're a lot easier to hearken to, to obey. Notice what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 5. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. In the fear of God. We are submitted one to another. We are not jockeying for position. We're not vying for position. I'm not even vying for position. If you know me or have known me for a little while, you know, I understand. My authority is not my authority. I, I operate in a pastoral authority. That's not my authority. That is the authority of God upon this position of pastor. And so, so I'm underneath his mission. And I only have authority when I'm declaring his word. And I'm applying his word. I don't have authority when it starts becoming my conjecture, my speculation, my ideas. That's not where I have authority. I have authority in the word of the Lord. That's where I have authority is in the word of God. And I can, I can stand on the word of God and look hell in the face and declare his gospel and declare his peace and declare his power, not because I have authority, but because he has authority and I am under submission. I am under the mission of God. I'm covered by his mission. So I know he's got my back if I'm preaching his word. I know he's got my back if I'm sharing the word of God. We do not vie for position. We're not trying to step on folks to get them out of our way. We are not territorial. We're not territorial in the kingdom of God. This isn't, this is my space and you can't come near it. That's not how it works in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, this is God's church. And so we're not territorial in the kingdom of God. The scripture says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. You don't always have to be right. You don't always have to win the argument. You don't always have to have your way. In fact, you do well 
to follow the scriptures, submitting yourselves one to another. Where? In the fear of God. This is why we submit ourselves one to another, because we have a healthy fear of the Lord. Now listen to what it says. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. I know that's not popular in 2019. I'm just reading the scriptures. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Now, now, now you got to hear this. Because brethren, that puts a great deal of responsibility on you and I. Because the apostle Paul is telling our wives to submit unto their husbands. But then he gives them understanding of why and how. As unto the Lord. So brethren, you've got to be like the Lord. Now I know what that, I know what you think that means. You think that means in the sense of being able to demand what you want. No, no, no. You be like the Lord. Like the song said, I got a long way to go just to be like my Lord. And so your wife will find it easier to submit unto you when you are conducting yourself in the integrity of the Lord. Verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husband, husbands in everything. Notice now, brethren, you're feeling good right now, right? This has validated quite a bit of what you've been saying around the house. Bless God. But buckle your seatbelt, and you might want to put your shin guards on. Because the Scripture goes on to say, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. You've got to love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So let me, let, let's go back to how Christ loved the church and how Christ gave himself for the church. Because we've been reading about how that the wife is supposed to submit herself to the husband as unto the Lord. The, but then we learn that the husband is supposed to lay the template. He's supposed to preface the relationship by loving her as Christ loves the church. And how did Christ love the church? By giving himself for the church. So let's go back to when Christ did this. You find him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what did he do in the Garden of Gethsemane? He came under submission. He said, let this cup pass from me if it be your will. Then he realized it's not the will for the cup to pass. So he said, not my will, but thy will be done. That's how you love your wives. You are just as submitted to your wife in love as she is submitted to you in reverence. So the scripture said, husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife 
loveth himself. So, so when you're talking about a submission, it's not just the wife being submitted to the husband. She is, as unto the Lord, in reverence. That's what he goes on to say in verse 33. Verse 32, he said, this is a great mystery. We all knew that marriage is a great mystery. He said, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, hallelujah, even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So notice the order that that comes in. When you, brethren, love her the way Christ loved the church, she responds with reverence. And this is the way that submission works. I want to go ahead and, and tell you furthermore, not only does it work in the marriage relationship, but it works in every relationship. If you will preface every one of your relationships with love, there will be a reciprocal reverence to the love that you have shown. So, so instead of getting, getting uh, your your anger up and getting up in arms at someone when they come at you so to speak instead of doing that show them the love of God when you show them the love of God what happens they respond with reverence this is what the Bible means when it says that a soft answer turneth away wrath it turns away wrath so but grievous words stir up anger when you respond to an altercation with a soft answer, you are showing submission. You're showing submission. And grievous words will stir up anger. So, so you're not under submission when you respond with grievous words. Grievous words are just going to stir up strife, stir up anger. But when you respond with a soft answer, it turns away wrath. Not only will it turn away wrath that is coming at you, but it will actually turn away wrath that is rising up within you. How many have ever been in a conversation with somebody and the wrath started boiling? Show of hands. Come on now, I want, we gotta have honesty here, honesty. The wrath just started boiling and you couldn't wait for them to get done because you had it all set, you were gonna lay into them. The Bible, in, the Bible tells you, listen, there's a bigger mission than you setting them straight. There's a bigger mission than you giving them a piece of your mind. There's a bigger mission than you establishing your territory. There's a bigger mission than you showing them who's boss. There's a bigger mission at hand. And you, if you're under that mission, then you will respond to them with a soft answer. And that soft answer will turn away wrath in them and that soft answer will turn away the wrath that is boiling inside of you. And so this is what we're talking about when we talk about submission. Submitting ourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Well, nobody's going to talk to me that way. Do you know how they talk to your Lord? Do you know how they talk? Was anything they said about him true when they were mocking him? When they, were, when they were ridiculing him, when they were persecuting him. Why do you, why do you feel like you should defend uh, your position in a way that he would not defend his own position? 
He really is the King of Kings. He really is the Lord of Lords. You and I, we're not much to write home about, but He really is the Lord of all. I mean, I, I, I hear people talk so much, and it's worldly philosophy. They talk so much about, about uh, you know, just kind of staking their claim and, and, uh, and, and showing people who they who they are and who they aren't, and they pride, they take pride in themselves in being, in being tough and hitting back. But, but that's not the way our Lord operated. And, and, and when he did it, you might think that that's weak. Really weak? He overcame death, hell, and the grave with this, with this particular modus operandi. He subdued every principality and power with this particular method of doing things. So, so I, 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 would, I would not call it weakness. I would call it all power in heaven and in earth. That's what you have when you are under submission to the Lord. That's what you have when you are submitted to your wife in love and wife when you are submitted to your husband in reverence. You are under the submission of God. It's not just submission to your husband. You do it in the fear of the Lord. You do it in the, in the acknowledgement of God's nature and of God's great grace. 1 Peter uh, chapter 5. We're going to look there as well. 1 Peter chapter 5. And we're going to continue talking about this matter of submission. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 2. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. Now notice what he says here. Not by constraint. Not by constraint. There is no, the, the kingdom of God doesn't operate when a shepherd tries to take oversight by constraint. That's not how it works. But willingly. You do it willingly and the people respond willingly. At Tree of Life Church, you know that you're here because you chose to come here tonight. You chose to come and hear the word of the Lord. You chose to come and worship the Lord. You chose to come and be in fellowship with your brothers and your sisters. Nobody constrained you to come. Nobody made you feel guilty. Nobody threatened to, to blast you on Facebook if you didn't show up. You're here because you know where you can find the presence of the Lord and where you can find food for your soul. Hallelujah. That's what happens when the body of Christ comes together. We don't do things with, with a, a strong hand. We do things by feeding the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre. We don't do these things so that, so that people can be taken advantage of. Be careful of those who are after your wallet but don't care about your soul. But of a ready mind, oh hallelujah, neither as being lords over God's heritage. Pastor cannot lord over God's heritage. This isn't, this isn't my heritage. This is God's heritage. So we do not lord over God's heritage, but big examples or examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, 
you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. The chief shepherd. See, we're moving through this weary land and through this pilgrim land, but there's a chief shepherd that is going to appear. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Now notice what he says here. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you, here he says it again, be subject one to another. All of you. And you younger be submitted unto the elder. Submit yourselves unto the elder. There needs to be, in 2019, Lord knows we need, a healthy revival of respect for our elders. Yeah. Hallelujah. You show them respect. You listen to what they're saying. You listen to what they have, have to, to impart unto you. They have life experience and knowledge and wisdom to share. And you receive that. You glean that they've lived here longer than you have. And you, and you help them. If you see them in need, you help them. If you see them in a position of, 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 of requiring assistance, you help them. You don't smart off to them. You don't rebuke them. Did you know that the scripture teaches us not to rebuke an elder and we've got we've got uh, folks that just spout off to whoever they want to spout off to the Bible even speaks against speaking evil of dignitaries dignities we don't speak evil of dignitaries we pray for those who are in leadership and listen, it, listen, it doesn't matter. I'm talking to Republicans and Democrats. It doesn't matter who you are or what party you affiliate with. You needed to pray for President Obama and you need to pray for President Trump. If you don't like something about who's in charge, you pray that God deals with their heart. You don't just sit around and criticize and moan and groan and complain and gripe. That's the way the world operates. You go to a prayer closet and you say, Lord, I'm concerned about who's in charge of this or that in my nation. God, speak to them right now. Lord, move upon them right now. I'm talking about real spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, and, and listen, 2020 is almost here, and the devil's going to try to tear our nation apart in 2020. But you hear me, he will not tear the church apart in 2020. We pray, we seek the face of God, we submit ourselves one to another, we subject ourselves one to another. That's the Bible way, and that's how we live our lives. Oh, hallelujah. We do not rebuke elders. We subject ourselves one to another. Notice what he says in 1 Peter 5, 5. Be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. Why? Here he says it again. Different apostle, same message. Why be clothed with humility? For God resisteth the proud. I'm going to tell you, you be careful when you start puffing out your chest. You be careful when you start raising your head. You be careful when you start, start walking like you've got something to prove or something to show. God will resist you. Yeah. 
be meek, be humble. Now, now listen, listen, there is a time. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying be weak again. There's a time for boldness, but it needs to be a holy boldness. There's a difference between boldness and bravado. There's a difference. One is fleshly and one is holy. One is spiritual. You know, bravado will get you in all kinds of trouble. Bravado will have you signing checks you can't cash. You, you know, you're all big and bad and tough and, and, and honking your horn. And then four or five guys jump out of the car in front of you. And you're trying to get that thing in reverse. Why? Because you got a little too, you got a little too, too involved with your emotions there. Holy boldness will come when it's necessary. There are some things you need to take a stand against. There's some things you need to dig in your heels and say, I shall not be moved. That is not unchristian. It is not unchristian to set your face like a flint and to dig in your heels and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I love you, but that's not coming in my house. I will pray for you, but that's not coming in my house. This is the house that God has put me over. Uh, as Christ is the savior of the church, I'm the savior of the body concerning my family, and I will pray and I will love but I'm gonna set my face like a flint. That's holy boldness. But when you just start grabbing folks by the lapels and you got stuff flying out of your mouth and you got eyes that are rolling back and you're, you're angry, angry, angry. The Bible said be careful when you get angry because you're getting really close to sinning. You can't help it when you get angry. It's, it's, it's an emotion, but don't let it get into your hands. Don't let it get into your feet. Don't let it get into your mouth. Be clothed with humility. Be subjected one to another. Humble. Notice what he said. For God, again he says it, for God resisteth the proud. Do you know what that means? That means God becomes your enemy. He resists you. He resists you. You're not going to get done what you think you're going to get done. You're, you're not only taking on whoever it is you're showing that pride against, but, but, but you're, you're, you're turning your back on God. If God be for you, who can be against you? The antithesis of that is also true. If God is not for you, anybody can take you down. So, so God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Notice what verse 6 says. Humble yourselves, therefore. Goes back to therefore. Peter and James, two witnesses, saying the exact same thing. Humble yourselves, therefore. Why? Because God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. You want grace? Be humble. You want God to put his hand against what your efforts are? Be proud. God will shut you down. God will shut down what you're trying to accomplish. You don't want that. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. And now listen to this, that he may exalt you in due time. You want God to exalt you. You don't want to exalt yourself. 
You don't, you don't want man to exalt you. you. You don't want man to exalt you to a position that God didn't anoint you for. And man will try it. Man will absolutely try it. Because man looks upon the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. And he sees the heart and he knows who you are and, and what you're capable of doing and, and, and what he has called you to do. And you, you want to know how that position comes, how to let God exalt you in due time? He's giving you, a, he's giving you an absolute prescription for that. Submit yourselves unto the elder. All of you be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Your being exalted has nothing to do with you positioning yourself, posturing yourself by any worldly means. The only positioning and posturing that is to be done is a position of humility, a position of submission, a position of subjecting yourselves one to another and submitting unto the elder. Amen. Thank the Lord. And so, so we understand then that the scripture teaches us casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. You know, we've talked about that, that what that's talking, it doesn't, that's not necessarily, even though this is true, that scripture, that scripture is not saying cast all your care on him for he loves you. He does love you, and that is why you can cast your care on him. But that scripture is telling you to cast all your care on him, for he careth for you. He carries your cares for you. And when does he do that? Not when you're proud. He does it when you are humble. And, and, and what's amazing about humility is that, is that we can't achieve humility on our own. I can't be humble. Dear Lord, have mercy. If I try to be humble, it, it, it's a train wreck. I start, I start trying to be humble, and then I get, get real proud of how humble I am. And I start making sure everybody knows how humble I am, and they, you know, I start, like, making sure they understand all the stuff I did that's more humble than what they did. And, and if you think you're humble, wait till you hear what I did yesterday. It's going to blow your mind how humble I am. That's not humility. That's pride. And so, so humility is a thing you can't get on your own. You have to say, Lord, make me humble and impart humility to me. I loved what Bishop T.F. Tenney said when he said, humility is that unique virtue where the moment, you, the moment you know you've got it, you don't. The humble don't know they're humble. The humble are, 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 are in a constant state of of seeking to please the Lord and it and it generates humility in them and and they are so keenly aware of their own fallen state as a human being that that they don't even realize humility is within their reach so if they're humble the only one to know they're humble is God the only one to truly know they're humble is the Lord he knows the heart amen Philippians chapter 2 if thou be therefore if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. The Apostle Paul said to the church at Philippi, you fulfill my joy when you are like-minded having the same love. There is no greater joy to a parent than to know that their children walk in truth. 
There is no greater joy to this apostle than to know that the people that he brought to the Lord are loving one another. And there's no greater joy to our God than to know that his children love one another. You and I can't even fathom the grief it brings to God when we don't have love one for another. We can't even fathom the grief that brings to God. Let nothing be done through strife. Let nothing be done through vainglory. Let things be done in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. That means you've got to esteem the person next to you better than you esteem yourself. He's taking it. He's taking, he's, he's clearly defining what the word means to love your neighbor as yourself. Esteem one another better then you esteem yourself. Notice this. Look not every man on his own things, but look every man also on the things of others. Then he tells us where this comes from. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Did you hear what that just said? He made himself of no reputation. He didn't have a logo. He didn't have a brand. He didn't have a social media handler. He didn't have a committee to help him present himself. He didn't have teleprompters. He didn't have speech writers. He didn't have a clothing line. He, didn't, he was not brand conscious. He literally did exactly the opposite. He made himself of no reputation. None. He would heal people and say, don't tell anybody that just happened. Make sure you tell no man that this just happened. Why? He obviously wanted the gospel to go forth. He said to tell every creature about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's not that he didn't want the gospel to go forth. It's that he didn't want people, as people do, to start worshiping man. He wanted them to worship God. So, so because of this, no, I want you to notice, he made himself of no reputation. And that is interesting because here we are 2,000 plus years later and every one of us are worshiping him. Billions of people are worshiping him. Billions of people are calling upon his name, magnifying his name. We dove into the baptismal tank to take his name upon our life. He never put his name on a piece of clothing. He never put his name on a piece of luggage. He never put his name on a skyscraper. He never put his name on anything. But, but all of us are wanting to put his name on us. There's power in humility. The real, pow the real power is in humility because humility allows God to exalt you in due time. He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Y'all just have to indulge me, I guess. I'm just having so much fun with this because I'm realizing he could have taken upon himself the form of anything. 
He could have taken on himself the form of a king. He could have taken on himself the form of an emperor. He could have taken upon himself the form of a governor. He could have taken upon himself the form of a tycoon. He could have taken upon himself the form of a mogul. He could have taken upon himself the form of anything. But but he took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. Notice what he did. He humbled himself. And what else did he do? He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You know why? Submission. Under the mission of God was the death of the lamb. And he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Under the, I'm under the mission of God. And because of that, I am obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. My Lord, have mercy. True, true promotion comes from humility. True, true promotion comes from prostration. Laying yourself down, esteeming others better than yourselves. True promotion comes from clothing yourself with humility. Hallelujah. Knowing that you're always in need of, of humbling by God. Thank you, Jesus. Let brotherly love continue. You know how brotherly love continues? Brotherly love doesn't continue just because we all say, oh man, I, all right, fine, I'll be nice, whatever. That's not how brotherly love continues. Brotherly love continues by each of us subjecting ourselves one to another in the fear of God. Each of us just laying aside ourselves and our self-defense. You know the Bible says we die daily? I'm supposed to die every single day. I'm supposed to die. Every day this flesh of Joel Urshan is supposed to die. Every day. And, 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 and you go into the prayer room, and if we make it there, if we make it to the prayer room, and we think that's where the flesh dies is in the prayer room, right? Where we cry and we ask God to forgive us for anything we may have done wrong or for something we, may, we know we've done wrong. And, and we ask God to forgive us and cleanse us and wash us, and we think that's where we die. That, that isn't always where you die. You need to do that every day. You need, to, you need to lay yourself down on the altar. But here's where you die daily. You die daily when somebody puts a spear in your side. Verbally, emotionally, spiritually. And when they do, notice what Jesus' response was to that. That guy made me mad, and I'm coming to a close. That guy made me so mad when he put the spear in Jesus' side. Of everybody at the crucifixion, that guy made me the most mad. You want to know why? Because I'm seriously, like the guy hasn't been through enough. He's been wounded, bruised, chastised, smitten, stricken, afflicted. He's been, he's been completely decimated. He's been mutilated. He's hanging on that cross. And then out of nowhere, you're just going to come up with a spear and shove it deep into his side like he hasn't been through enough. But notice what Jesus did and what his response was. The only thing that happened, he did not wince. 
He didn't brace himself. He didn't, he didn't intake air. All that happened was blood and water flowed. That's all that happened. He, there was no reaction other than blood and water flowed. You want to know why there was no reaction? He was already gone. He was already crucified. He had already died. If he had not died, there would have been a reaction. When you have a reaction to those who wound you, it's evidence you're not crucified with Christ. I can tell, I can tell when my flesh needs to die because I felt the tip of their spear and I react, I react. But, 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 when, I, but when I'm crucified with Christ, Hallelujah. They can bring whatever they want to bring, and all they're going to get is the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the water. Hallelujah. The blood and the water. Woo, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There are three that bear record in the earth, the blood, the water, and the spirit. The blood and the water flowed because his spirit was already at one with God. That's what happens when your spirit is one with God. Blood and water flows. Do you want to, do you want me to tell you the most beautiful thing about Calvary, about Calvary's cross? That when it was all said and done and he had gone through all of this submission, he was under the mission. Could have called legions of angels at any time. He could have smote everybody with blindness. He he could have caused the earth to open up and swallow them and shut the earth on top of them. He could have done anything, brought fire from heaven, could have done anything, but he was submitted because he was under the mission, under the mission. My, my will is under the mission. My emotions are under the mission. The mission comes first. The glory comes first. Reaching the lost comes first. And when he gave up the ghost, and when the sun went dark, and when the earth did quake, there was a centurion who had blood on his hands, if you please, standing off to the side, and he saw the reaction of the earth to this one upon the cross. And he said, truly, this was the Son of God. People don't know if your message is right or real or true just because you say it is, they know it's real, right, and true when they see how your response is to the blunt attack of the enemy. When the enemy comes in like a flood and the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard. I'm not going to raise my hand against you. I'm not going to raise my hand. I'm not going to cut you with my tongue. I'm not going to do it. Jesus said to Peter, put your sword away. Peter took the sword and started just flailing, just ah, cutting folks' ears off, cutting Malchus's ear off. And, and Jesus is like, put your sword away. Ah, man, Peter, good grief. Goes over, picks up the ear, puts it on Malchus's head. Says, All right, sorry about that. He gets a little carried away sometimes. Folks, let me, let me remind you how sharp this is. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. There is no two-edged sword more sharp than what I'm holding right here. So I'm not going to come up in this place and just start flailing it and flinging it and cutting folks. No, we're going to handle it skillfully with love. We're going to speak this in love. This is, this, is not like a, this is not like a samurai sword. This is a surgical instrument. We anesthetize 
baptize people with the grace of God, with the love of God, and then this word moves inside where other places can't reach and it, it cuts tumors off of vital organs and it, it cuts away at deadly things that are inside of people. That's what the word is designed to do. Well, I don't really care just as long. You just got to put it out there. Well, you, you can put it out there. But if you're really truly under the mission, then you will do it God's way. And you won't just go flailing at people and cutting their ears off. They need that ear to hear the gospel. How shall they hear without a preacher? The preacher on the day of Pentecost is cutting people's ears off. And there are a lot of people who can't even hear the gospel because of how we have mutilated the only way they can perceive it. Some people won't even darken the doors of a church because they've been wounded by people who just come rolling out here with their big old machete. Think they're Zorro? It's godly sorrow that worketh repentance, not godly sorrow that worketh repentance. Amen. Amen. Glory. This is a surgical instrument. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I'm under the mission. I'm clothed with the armor of God. I'm clothed with humility. Helmet of salvation. Breastplate of righteousness. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Loins girt about with truth. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fire darts of the wicked come on ladies and gentlemen when you're submitted to God you'll be submitted one to another you'll obey them that have the rule over you you hear what I'm telling you you'll honor your father and your mother you will respect your elders you will submit to your husband you will submit in love to your wife it's called living under the banner of his mission I esteem you better than I esteem myself. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now and lift up the name of the Lord in worship and praise. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift up his name right now. Glory to God. 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 Blessed be his name. Blessed be his holy 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 name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Submission. Submission is, you don't know how submitted you are until submission requires you to do what you don't want to do. You can, you can shout about submission. You can preach about submission, teach about submission. You can, you can talk about submission. But until submission requires you to do something you don't want to do, that's when you're going to know whether you're submitted or not. And I'm going to tell you something. When you're not submitted to the things of God and to God himself, folks, you're walking a dangerous road. You're open to every attack of any enemy. 
But oh, when you're under the submission of God, I'm submitted. This is submission. Hallelujah. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. I'm covered, covered, covered by the blood, walking by grace, living in love. Come on, lift up your hands unto the Lord right now all across this building and ask God to help you be submitted right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want somebody to come to the front right now. If you want to, if you want to, there's a good gathering of people here. Hallelujah. I I feel like we need to come down somebody and just say, Lord, help me to be submitted to you. My flesh likes to rage. My flesh likes to get in the way. Lord, my anger gets out of control sometimes. Lord, I have trouble sometimes with my mouth. Lord, I have trouble loving the way I need to love and being humble the way I need to be humble. Lord, I have trouble respecting my spouse, respecting the ministry, respecting my brother, my sister in the Lord. Lord, I I provoke my children to wrath. Help me, God. Help me, God. Lord, there's this rebellious streak inside of me. I don't want it to be there. Or better yet, maybe you do want it to be there. That ought to terrify you. Lord, I'm laying down this rebellious streak right now in the name of Jesus. This attitude of nobody's going to tell me, oh God, take that from me. This attitude of I'm my own person, Lord, take that from me. Lord, that's the way Lucifer talks. Lord, that's the way Lucifer lived. Help me, God. Help me, God. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, that's it. Pour it all out to Him right now. Pour it all out to Him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes.